Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Every time we start recording a new podcast and we're into another week, I want to come up with like a swazzy little like song, like seven weeks in lockdown. Basically, <laughs> my creative juices are dying this end and I'm desperate to see you. Oh, don't. It's so weird, isn't it? It really is strange now. It's like, it must be two months since I've seen you now. Definitely. It's, it's just, I can't wait. Just think of that first hug. It's going to be mega. I know. I'm like, although I don't know if I can get into hugging yet. Maybe next year oh, I'll do God. <laughs> I had to warm up to hugging and now, you know, I've gone back again. No, listen, I can't wait to like unlock that <laughs> lid again. Um, how how are the Daytons? How's the crew? How's Axel and Gigi? You're good. Um, yeah, we're okay. Axel's sort of having one of those like annoying weeks where everything you say to him, he'll like scream at you back. Oh, so God. we're just handling that. And usually we know now they usually last about two days two to three days he's like that and then he comes out of it again how about you I mean quite a similar situation with Kit who seems to have hit the terrible two the testing twos and everything I say he just goes no no (laughs) sausages now sausages. <laughs> and I'm like I'm not giving you sausages at 7 45 in the morning like and then I say to him do you love mommy and he goes now and then just walks off so basically my child hates me and all he says is uh, no to me <laughs> <laughs> how's the packing uh, we're obviously moving house in like four days time so five days time so we're just yeah I'm absolutely exhausted. I've been packing boxes since 8am and it's now quarter past seven on a Monday evening and I'm about to, well, you guessed it, I'm about to start drinking. I feel like I need it. I deserve it. I deserve it. Of course you are. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Georgia, we should probably try and sort of get into this chat and maybe do a bit of explaining around it because it's not a normal Made by Mama's conversation, this one. We wanted to put this podcast out this week in particular because it is Maternal Mental Health Week. Now, we recorded this chat back in January um, with somebody uh, called Laura who has been through one of the most incredible eye-opening experience, harrowing experiences that any mother could go through, right? Yeah, I mean, we... so. Laura came on um, yeah a couple of months ago to talk about her experience with um, postnatal depression and it was severe but like very very bad postnatal depression Um, I think so we both came out of that chat like it's completely taken aback but also in pure admiration for Mm. how Laura spoke so openly about how she felt in that moment at that time she was hospitalized um it really was a massive massive journey for her um but we spoke to her when you know she she sort of come out the other side of it sort of getting um getting back to feeling herself again Mm. um and it it was it was nice to obviously see her there you know to okay again I guess yeah exactly and I think it's important to stress as well that um you know, here at Made by Mamas, Georgia and I, we don't we don't want to shy away from those conversations that are no. generally hidden. You know, we we think it's really important for everybody's story to be heard and for every journey to be documented and for people to be able to tell their story, you know, the good, the bad, and in this case, 
the absolutely horrifying. You know, I think it doesn't get much worse than what Laura went through. So this podcast does come with a bit of a kind of warning. It's not at the same pace. Some of the things in it you might find uh, a, a little bit shocking, I guess. Um, but actually, yeah. it is a fantastically moving and incredible chat. Laura was so brave to come and tell us what happened to her and what she went through. So, um, yeah, I guess enjoy is the wrong word, but we really hope that you are moved by this conversation. Let's yeah. get into the Laura Canty chat, G. So the conversation that we are getting into today is a slightly different one for Georgia and I. Um, we have never had anybody um, talk to us. We've, we've had a, a mental health and postnatal depression chat, but we've never actually sat with somebody who's been through such a horrendous and horrific experience after having their baby um, that they were actually admitted to a mother and baby unit. Uh, today... We are really, really over the moon and very excited that the lovely Laura Canty is with us. She is mum to Arthur, who is 17 months old, um, and she's here to tell us all about her experience. So, Laura, thank you so much for coming in. Pleasure. Um, yeah. And we realise that it's such a big deal to talk about your experience and what happened to you. Don't shake. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't no, be honestly. Just, just talk like you would to your mates honestly we're we're <laughs> open ears aren't we we can't wait to hear and also forget about the fact we've got headphones on <laughs> yeah, it's like, so we just need a only, glass of wine only, i was oh, sat in that waiting room with all that gin <laughs> take care of gin someone get her a gin <laughs> she's got a night off <laughs> so laura listen can you just i guess start from the beginning and um tell us what happened um to you after you had arthur Yes, so um, we, well, you guys know Cheltenham, so we had the idea that we'd go to the, you know, the the birth centre and there would be, you know, angels and harps playing and we'd have a beautiful water birth and all that jazz. Um, but I actually went for my 38-week uh, appointment um, with massive ankles, you know, ambulance over to Gloucester, uh, preeclampsia um, and induced and all that stuff pre is when you get swelling yeah i think i should look it up really i it's think it's linked when you're to blood pressure sure. isn't it? yeah, yeah. i think it's something to be body kind of rejecting um the baby or the placenta so you've got to get them out basically um and yeah it was induced it was just zero to you know 100 in two minutes um they you know burst my waters just all of the things you kind of didn't want um but anyway went with it and then he was born by emergency section because his uh, blood pressure was all up and down um and all of my friends had said if you have a section all the ones that had, had a section just stay in as long as you can um which was a great i mean i know people have horrendous experiences in hospital but it was the best bit of advice i had because you had you had the button yeah because <laughs> yeah. obviously it's really hard to sit up when you've had your stomach cut yeah um so yeah, I stayed in about four nights, um, and then what were those four days like? Those four days and they nights. They were kind of okay. I felt like it was a bit of. A, I was in a soap opera because you had the curtains around, so there was four other beds. A lady had her dad come and visit. You know, two hours after she'd given birth, and then I could hear a puking. I was like, mm, thought that wasn't a good idea. Someone else had a party. <laughs> there was another. You know, a party. You know, yeah, balloons. Ask the nurses. That's to something get... you'd have done. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I didn't? When I had Gigi, no one came to see me at all. I was waiting for my mum and James to come and pick me up, and the woman opposite me was basically having a party. Yeah. And I felt really jealous. <laughs> oh, really? Well, these, these were, they were asking the nurses to get them glasses for their drinks so I was like guys come on wow I love that and wow. then there was the famous sleep sleep lady who was just like bashing the side of the cot and the nurses had come around and be like have you, have you fed the baby anyway so it was all ridiculous but and after about the fourth day I was really ready to go home um, so yeah did the you know walking out the hospital with a car seat obligatory photo um yeah, and got home and just the first night was... Partner in tow. Partner in tow, he came. I should okay. say, I'm Laura Hopper now. He will never forgive me. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm try oh, no, it's all right. It's very new. I'm trying to embrace it. I'm county. Laura. Hopper. Hopper. Okay, yeah. Uh, yep, he picked us up, came home, um, introduced the baby to the dog, obviously. Yeah. Do. Um, she had a good sniff, didn't know what all the fuss was about. And yeah, I remember Reese making us a really nice dinner and he just kind of slept in his... Sleepy head on the dining room table. I'm thinking, we've got this. What's everyone moaning about? Like, yeah, this is fine. This is all right. Like, yeah, I've hardly seen him with his eyes open. And um, so, yeah, that, that kind of went on. And the, Were you breastfeeding? Were you bottle feeding? Yeah, I was 
breastfeeding purely because I was like, well, I'll give it a go. I mean, yeah. I couldn't believe how hard they were. Yeah. Like, literally, like. <laughs> um, but again, probably, you know, what someone had told you to latch them one way. Someone else would come around and say, why are you doing it that way? So that's, you know, the confusion starts. Um, and, yeah, I think it went on for about two weeks, just you know, adrenaline-filled, going out the house to the beer garden, having a drink, going to register him, going out for dinner. Um, just, this is easy, what's kind of everyone moaning about. And then, um, I don't, I can't really pinpoint where it changed, but um, I do remember being up in the night thinking, why does anyone want to do this? Why does anyone want to change stinking nappies Yeah, in the middle of the night? And, you know... I just couldn't get my head around breastfeeding. You know, it's like, what, do they drain that boob and then that boob? I was trying to kind of science it. And there yeah. obviously isn't any, you know, I wanted someone to give me a kind of spreadsheet saying, do this between this time and do that between that time. And You want like a formula, yeah. don't you? Like, if you do this, this and this, this will happen. Yeah. But with babies, it isn't like that. No. Two and two doesn't equal four Especially because babies. You, you come from a business background and you'd been, you know, a high flyer job nothing great (laughs) well yeah yes you know solutionist really used to kind of yeah just getting stuff done and yeah there was no kind of yeah solution to this um baby um yeah and then i don't know i started getting the first thing i got obsessed with was hair in the house so anyone that came around i'd be really apologetic to all the dog hair which was not there (laughs) you know i've got a springer we've got a springer spaniel she sheds like any normal dog. It'd never been an issue to me before. but um, And we just finished renovate. Well, we're in the middle of kind of renovating a house. Like, you know, all good pregnant people. You make all of the changes all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I could just see building stuff around and stuff that wasn't quite finished. And we didn't have a downstairs loo. And um, even though all the great things that we'd managed to move out of London, we'd managed to buy a house in the crap market. We'd managed to, you know, my husband's a builder and he'd done the fastest you know most amazing job of this I couldn't see any of that it was all just this is rubbish and that's not good enough and this is um and I, I couldn't kind of I didn't feel hungry ever I didn't feed myself I'd kind of look in the fridge and see bits in the fridge but I couldn't kind of compute how to put them together or make a sandwich and then I wouldn't want to make a sandwich because then there'd be crumbs and then how would I tidy the crumbs up just absolute, like, complete malfunction. I, wow. It, it, I explained it like I was in a computer game and someone else was doing stuff and I just was kind of watching it happen but couldn't do anything about it, I Yeah. Yeah. And did you, at that stage, did you talk to anybody, like, mention how you're feeling to your husband or partner? Or Well, so, <clears throat> the bad thing is, I don't know why I kind of didn't want to burden my husband um because he you know he'd started his new business he'd just got his first kind of job after doing our house he was having loads of troubles with laborers and stuff so i thought i'd just my best friends i'd just burden them so i started one of them has a baby and the other one doesn't so i started saying to the one with the baby you know this is shit this is this is really awful like how do you do this and, you know, I suppose it doesn't matter how many times you talk to friends with children when you don't have them. It doesn't matter how kind of crap they try and articulate that lack of sleep is. Mm. You're still going to do it, right? Um, so Were I you just... crying a lot at this time? So what were the, you know, you were saying yeah. you were sort of malfunctioning and mm. things were becoming, you know, you were picking on things. But were there, were there, was it proper blues as well? Uh no, I was kind of waiting for that day that everyone talks about where you just cry all day. And the, and I kept saying to the midwife every time she came, I haven't cried yet. I haven't cried yet. And, it, you know, so that was adding to my, I think I've got through this. I think I've avoided the teary bit. Um, but I suppose when I was, yeah, I went from just quite robotically kind of telling them to then absolute like fits of hysteria. If friends came round, you know, I'd be like, there's no food and... I can't do the food shopping and how do I get out to the supermarket? I don't know how to get everything in the car. How does the car seat work? If there's no food, then I can't feed Reese. And if Reese doesn't eat, then... And I just, yeah, I just couldn't kind of get a grasp of anything. Um, And I had this kind of worry list in my head that I'd just keep kind of adding to. So, you know, the one-way system in the middle of Cheltenham changed Mm. while I 
was pregnant and I was really worried about how I'd get to my pregnancy yoga class because the one-way system had changed but I wasn't even pregnant anymore so it was just like I might as well have been worrying about world peace and you know how to cure cancer it was just worrying about things that were completely out of my control. Were you worried about um, Arthur your baby your new baby? Uh, Yeah so in one sense you know taking them for their jabs is horrific and I would get really upset seeing him upset um but in another sense I just wanted someone to take him away I just I just thought all my friends or whoever I came into contact with health visitor midwife they would make better mothers to this baby and everyone that was telling me they could help me I was like the only reason you can the only way you can help me is either give me a full-time nanny who can do this and live here and tell me what I'm supposed to be doing or take the baby away and obviously neither of them so were you saying yeah. to people take the baby away? Um, it, when it got yeah, a bit yeah later a bit further on further down yeah yeah. So I was signed off by the midwife, you know, with her being like, "You've got this. You've absolutely got this." Um, and then um, yeah, I was saying yeah, saying to friends, you know, I can't, I can't, I absolutely, I just can't do it. And wh- how old was he at this point? Sorry. So I th- he was about f- six, four, six weeks old. Right. Um, and yeah, I th- I think I eventually made an appointment with the GP. I went into hospital when he was just three months, so I think I eventually made the appointment with the GP when he was about I don't know six seven weeks. And old. what triggered that? Because I guess mm. uh, cu- dealing with all every, all of those th- feel feelings and thoughts in your head, mm. sort of half knowing that things aren't right, to actually doing something about it. What was the trigger? that made you think, no, I've got to pick up the phone and make this appointment? Um, so I think I think it was a couple of things. I, I remember one of my friends, Becca, coming around and she was like, right, we're going to do something. You know, we can go out for coffee with Arthur. We can go on our own. Um, you know, Reese's mum was over from Australia. She can have him. I don't know. Go on, go and brush your teeth. Go and brush your teeth. You know, I was being, I had to be trapped like a child. And on the way back, I told her that I had, had to end my life and I distinctly remember where I told her and her crying her eyes out just saying you dare do anything stupid you dare you absolutely dare so then every night when I went to sleep I'd think of my two best friends like I I can't do this because of them and I'd remember this conversation with um Becca and then I remember maybe the next day breastfeeding Arthur you know cluster feeding blood that's all Mm. (laughs) the world cup reminds me of cluster feeding I used to just spend those (laughs) that really hot summer um and I remember being really mad with him that he wouldn't do anything and I got really kind of angry with him and I knew it was the wrong thing to do um and so I planned to call the doctor the next day and kind of didn't but eventually did and I suppose one of my worries was when I'd gone to the doctor feeling low when I lived in London and explaining you know maybe it was work that he told me to try and have a look at getting a new job. That's what the doctor said to you when... In London. In London. Like in years London. Pre- yeah. before, so... Yeah. It's a bit like, what's the point in going to the doctor? But thank goodness. Yeah. You know. And what did the doctor say? What did you tell the doctor and what did he say? Um, so I, t- I just told her everything. I just, Reese came with me. I think it was probably the first time he'd really heard it in kind of black and white. And as I just sobbed telling her and, you know, reset his arm around me, she, it was a woman. She listened and she just was really calm and she was exactly what you needed. She just said, right, now I need you to go home and the crisis team will call you. And so we kind of walked out of the doctor's surgery and I was like, oh, I felt this kind of wave of like NHS goodness just kind of yeah aren't they kind the of, best yeah, yeah come over me I was like this crisis team probably not the best name for a team like that <laughs> but um they're gonna call me so that's gonna be fine they're gonna take the baby away that'll be that'll be okay and sure enough went home they called me told the whole story again which was kind of everything you've told us today that you yeah about you know traumatic birth the section yeah. how things had kind of gone downhill and downhill how I hadn't I mean I know everyone says they don't sleep but I I genuinely think I hadn't really slept for about all of that time so in the night I'd force myself awake with this weird 
when do I feed him? Like, what if I sleep through it? I can't be asleep because I'm a terrible mother. And and if uh, anyone had told me to sleep in the day, you know, they'd look after Arthur. I'd go upstairs and I'd put a sleep story on, you know, Stephen Fry's beautiful voice. Um, and every time I was just about to fall asleep, it would... Um, Kick in. I'd wake up again, mm. panicking. Sorry, I got lost the thought no 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 and and what about the oh so that's what they were asking bonding had you experienced you know that that people describe that sort of wave of love that you have with a newborn yeah no 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 No. and even later down the line when the so the crisis team handed me on to the perinatal team and you know i didn't even know what perinatal meant but you know they'd talked about the bond with arthur and it was hearing it. My mother-in-law was in the room at the time because I kind of needed someone to process stuff for me because I couldn't really process it myself. And I remember them saying, you know, has Laura got any kind of bond, do you think, with Arthur? And she just kind of looked at me and looked at the nurse and was like... And he'd be asleep and he'd kind of start to stir and I'd start crying. <gasps> it just scared me to the absolute, like, core him being awake because then I'd think I'd have to do something, you know. Yeah. Babies can kind of be content there's only a couple of things they're going to need but I I don't know what I thought he'd need but mm. yeah so the de- so the day the crisis team phoned you yep to then being passed over to the perinatal team was that like quite quick yeah how, how how did that how long did the process take yeah so the crisis team I learned were a 24-7 team and um they were there basically to um, check that people didn't kill themselves uh, mm. related to you know mental health troubles um, but because they're a 24-7 team you're obviously rarely going to get the same mm. person which you know they recognise as a problem but I, can't, I don't know what you do about it mm. um, so they came every day um, for a week um, and then they said they'd handed me over um, but the perinatal team in Cheltenham is quite new um, so it's only been around about 18 months and it was kind of growing and they can only see out of the kind of 2,000 ladies that will need help in a year they can only see about about 350 so it's not you know they see the worst of the kind of worst Mm -hmm. Um, and there's obviously that big gap then Um, so I guess I was just I was you know waiting to kind of come onto their caseload Um, uh, yeah and then this nurse called Kim came round and everybody I was really angry with but for some reason she just came in she liked dogs so that was good filter <laughs> people could come into my house like oh i'm scared of dogs get out <laughs> yeah yeah you can't yeah. stay yeah you, you are can't stay. Yeah. you're not one of us no you're totally not one of us um anyway so kim came in she just sat on the floor in the lounge you know she couldn't see anywhere obvious to sit and she just sat on the floor and um yeah she just told me you know who they were what they could do um obviously taking the baby away wasn't on the list so i was like how can you guys help me what, what are you actually going to do so she so there was no talk of that because I, i'm very you know i don't know very much about this world but mm. if you're saying at that point that you want to kill yourself which is what you were saying mm. and you're also saying i don't want the baby can someone take the baby away but they're them at that point they're saying no we're not doing that we're going to be here to support the both of you yeah so i think the um I think they were happy because my mother-in-law was living with us. Mm. So they knew that there was someone with me all the time. They knew that she was supportive and they knew that Reese was supportive. Mm. Um, and they knew that it was an illness, whereas I didn't. I was just like, I'm lazy. I just can't be bothered to look after this kid. I just can't be asked. Were you looking after him at all at this point? Well, yeah. Yeah. So I was doing everything. So I was feeding him through the night. I was still breastfeeding at the time, so, you know, it was just me. I was changing his nappies. I was I was kind of functionally doing everything. Um, but, you know, just being a mum, I was just like, I'm just crap at it. And But they, they you know, they recognised it as an illness and they're like, we can treat this and then you won't feel like this. And I was like, really? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, have you seen it? And they're like, yeah, people get better all the time. And my, like, mantra was, show me a me-shaped person that's got better. Yeah. I absolutely don't believe you. Like, how how can a feeling that's so strong in my head of what I want to do and how I want my life to be or not, how can you change it? Yeah. And so at what point did you go into hospital? So um, I kind of lived at home and... Uh, the, um, 
they prescribe some antidepressants for me and you know the sucky thing with antidepressants is they take quite a long time to kick in so I felt like we were just kind of Treading, treading water, water. Mm. yeah it was like let's get to the six weeks when Arthur gets to three months he's miraculously going to sleep through the night because that's that's what happens <laughs> what people months, say right? yeah he'll yeah. have found his rhythm he won't be nocturnal anymore um so it was just kind of treading water and I'd be kind of fine on an evening and I think it, it's because it got closer to the time where I knew I could kind of go to bed at half past seven take a sleeping pill um and I I was off duty then until like 11 or whatever, whenever he woke. Right. But could you still breastfeed if you were on um, medication? Yeah, good question. So they, I, they put me on Citalopram, which is fine, which is um, kind of fine. Well, it is fine <laughs> with um, breastfeeding. Yeah. But they had, I missed a bit. So they did have a conversation with me about after a while, um, we, I should consider look at, looking at bottle feeding so yeah. they could medicate me more. Yeah. Um, and my only barrier to that, I hate, you know, I hate, I felt like he was a parasite, like, leeching off me. Because it was so hot that summer as well. I just, ugh, it was just, yeah. I just, I wanted my body back. And I mm. I was just sweating all the time. I felt like, just bleh. Yeah, you felt like shit. Yeah. 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 So I, I, like, you know, the thought of bottle feeding, the only barrier in my head was, oh, well, that's another thing I failed at then. Or... I could actually breastfeed, which I knew was a good thing. And I know so many people have problems with it. I was like, you lucky cow, <laughs> you can do it. And now you kind of don't want to. Anyway, and then I was like, well, how am I going to sterilise a bottle? And how am I going to learn how much they should have? And blah, 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 blah. Um, so, you know, lo and behold, I worked out how to sterilise this bottle. And um, so, yeah, he was being, he was, yeah, he was just being bottle fed. Okay. Then, and then obviously I had all the worries of, well, what's going to happen to my boobs? Are they going to explode? Do I explode? self-express I obviously hadn't got anywhere close to expressing milk because that would mean that I'd have to get the something else gadget yeah. out the yeah. box um, so yes he was being bottle fed and so I was on Citalopram and after about I think eight weeks of being at home I had maybe it probably wasn't that long and um, they'd got me an appointment with a, the their psychiatrist mm-hmm. I was like wow gosh well this is serious isn't it <laughs> um, and Again, I thought, oh, this is this is going to be the thing. Because everybody had said they could help me, um, but I just couldn't see why. So, yeah, I went to this appointment. Um, and even the mental health nurse kind of holding Arthur and getting him back to sleep just sent me into hysterics. I'm like, you you should have him. You're a better than mother than me. Um, oh, Laura. And I said, <laughs> no, it's just so sad. It isn't it's, it? It's horrendously yeah. sad for you. You yeah. know, I just, I'm devastated for you that you've had to go through that. Yeah, and I, I suppose the caveat every time I kind of talk about it is that I've talked about it a lot and I think I've mm. kind of distanced myself from it. That's how mm. I can talk about it. Yeah. And I've done a lot of processing by, you know, writing and talking and I'm on a lot of drugs. So my emotions are just like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like if, if I actually cried, I'd be quite happy. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so we'll be back right after this. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Baffled, a brand new podcast bringing you some amazing facts that are complete nonsense. Imagine the likes that that would get on Instagram, you having a quick one up a lamppost on the moon. Incredible. So you basically saying the reason the dinosaurs stopped living is because they all collectively made a decision to have no more children. Oh, they're talking. I think until ten years ago, I I still shared the bathwater that my parents were in. 
You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search for Baffled Amazing Facts. Now, let's pick up where we left off. So, at that <laughs> point on seeing the psychiatrist, psychiatrist. Yep. So, she then listened to the story again. That was one thing that made me really angry. I just kept having to tell the story. Um, and she said, look, there's four things we can do. Um, we can carry on like this and the crisis team can visit you every day because it was getting close to the time where Alice and my mother-in-law would have to um, go back home. Um, crisis team can visit you every day. Perinatal team can come once a week. Um, or I can't remember what the fourth one was or the, or the other option was a mother and baby unit and I kind of googled it and as soon as I got to clicking on the video of what they were like I just turned it off because I was like that just looks like student accommodation look at those awful cots look at those sad people that's a hospital just absolutely and the lady you know introducing the video even though she was lovely she's she's not my kind of person like I don't no, it's just not an option. And then learning that there, were, there wasn't one in Cheltenham, you know, there wasn't one down the road. Um, there's 17 units in the UK and, you know, our closest ones were Birmingham and Bristol, which obviously aren't a million miles away. But yeah. it, it was absolutely no in my head. I just, my main worry was, Reese. how can he go from being a new dad who absolutely adores Arthur? I don't know what, I didn't know why at the time, to having both of us just taken away that's crap that's not an option that's just mm. not an option mm. um anyway um came home from that appointment um reese couldn't make that one it was the only one he hadn't gone to with me and then the, so the nurse called reese to have a like catch up and he said let's go for a little walk so we you know looked like any kind of normal family walking through the park dog baby oh isn't this lovely but yeah we were having a pretty serious conversation i remember reese saying do you want to go? And I, I was like, yeah, mm. I, I can't. There's two ways this is going to end. And, you know, we don't want that one. So we've got to try this. Um, what was the other one? Me killing me, killing Arthur. I was I hadn't I hadn't made a plan, but my my head was obsessed with how, you know, do I jump out of a window? Do I use a knife? Do I take all the drugs that they've given me that are just in my drawer upstairs? Wow. And I don't know, the thing that just kept stopping, I just kept thinking about my best friends and that conversation I'd had with Beck. And like, I, I really kind of in my head wanted us to just go back to us. Yeah. And I thought if I did do that, even the, could the us with the babies work? And... Yeah, and so like I said to you before, I just kept pushing. People would ask, you know, would want to come round. They'd want to see the baby and I'd either not reply or, you know, try and be like, oh, let's come next week. So, you know, a couple of friends just turned up on my door and, you know, I was just a horrible person. I'd open the door and be like, you know, what are you doing (laughs) kind of thing. And so that I suppose the plan that I could execute was pushing people away. So, Mm. you know, I'm so close to my mum and... But she, you know, she's in Yorkshire, so she's physically a long way away. She came to, when Arthur was new, but every time I rang her, I don't know what what I was trying to do to her, but I'd just explain how awful it was. I hadn't probably told her everything. Um, but then I'd just stop answering her calls and wouldn't reply to her texts. And um, Do you think she knew the enormity of the situation? Yeah, yeah. Because when she came down initially, so she, she, I'd feel really sorry for her. So her husband has cancer, so she's caring for him basically so and it all happened at the same time so she's got a daughter saying she's going to take her own life and she's got her husband at the end of his life mm. you know she was bless her incredibly mm. torn um god i don't know how i'm ever gonna make <laughs> make all of that up to all of the people that i am um, affected but um i will no but laura um, i mean no it's not, <laughs> you don't need to you don't, it's not you I don't think need getting to getting better is making it up isn't it to everybody mm, yeah well yeah, maybe. <laughs> and, and, and you know, you're talking about it so much and so mm. brilliantly that people now know what happened and mm. what you went through. So it's, it's, it's an illness. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I, yeah I was struggling with, I suppose. Um, and did you go? Well, the thing was, I, I didn't really think it was a decision because I know there's only 120 or whatever beds in the country, and there's a lot of it. You know, one in four women are going to suffer with ill mental health. <clears throat> when they have a baby so you know i'm i'm just lazy they're gonna see right through me <laughs> they're not gonna admit me and then the next day i got a text from my nurse saying 
um, you know, she was in a meeting, but she'd just seen that I'd been offered a bed in Birmingham. Um, I'm sorry to put the pressure on, but you've got 24 hours to decide whether you're taking it or not. Otherwise, it'll go, you know, to the next mm-hmm. kind of immediate person. So that that was kind of it. And mum came down and helped me pack. And I was just like, a, what do you take? Yeah. <laughs> How long do you go for? Good question. Yeah. What can what are you allowed to take? And yeah. everything was a barrier. So I found out I wasn't allowed to take my Tommy Tippy machine. So I was like, well, absolutely cannot go then. I mean, how the hell am I going to make yeah. a bottle? Wasn't allowed to take my sleepy head, you know, because of, um, you know, whatever rules that NHS rules. had in yeah. place. Yeah. Well, so every time one of these, I couldn't find my favourite check shirt. Absolutely cannot go. You know, how on earth my mum coped with me that way? Well, she's seen me as a two-year-old, so I suppose it was just like that. But um, every time something came up, I'd text them being like, I can't take the bed, I can't take the bed. Um, anyway, bless my mum, she got through that. And I was kind of conscious of taking all of Arthur's things and ridding the house of babies so yeah, it would because, be all right for Reese, mm. Or leaving all of Arthur's things so Reese would remember he was a dad. Mm. Um, so it was crap. Uh, it was really crap. And then the next day, we kind of set off. It was just kind of surreal. And I, I remember Arthur was crying in the car and I was like, of course he is. Um, so we pulled over at a McDonald's and <laughs> Reese took Arthur in. I went to order, like, you know, the worst cappuccino I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and I was just stood there in the queue, you know, early morning with, like, all of the walks of shame and... You know, the workers going to work thinking, I'm about to go to a mental hospital. I wonder if any of you lot are. Probably not. Just really weird. And then, you know, kind of got there. As I walked in, there were police there kind of, um, you know, trying to kind of restrain a guy. I was just like, oh, my God. And Yeah. I was in hysteria. And then when the... Were you? Yeah. Absolute hysteria. Mm. When the receptionist came to get me, she seemed shocked. And I was like, surely everybody everybody's like it. that, yeah. yeah. And um, anyway, I, I went on to find that they weren't at all. You know, some people had come in straight from having their baby because they were in there before. Because you could, it was a whole perinatal period, so there were pregnant people in there, <clears throat> as well as um, you know, people with children. Um, yeah. Anyway, we need a bottle of wine for that. <laughs> just the, I just. I'm really pleased there was a fly on the wall documentary about it by Louis Three. So I was just about. <laughs> yeah, everybody like, asked me about that. my mind. Postpartum psychosis. Is that what you were diagnosed with? No. So I was. Uh, no. Sorry. No. <laughs> no. No. So I was diagnosed with severe depression and anxiety. Important to not have the psychosis because that effect would have affected my job would have affected my driving license all these kind of things um what's the difference so psychosis again i should have read about it but psychosis happens to uh less people um i think if you've got bipolar or kind of personality disorder you're quite you know you're in the kind of hot seat for it um I don't know. I need to. I need to read more about yeah, it. But no, these people no, are kind yeah. of having out of body like experiences. Mm. So the ladies that I saw, apparently they kind of want to be very ordered. You know, she kept. She thought Arthur. She thought she was the doctor. So every time she walked past, she'd kind of touch Arthur on the shoulder and be like, "Oh, it's good to see the infection's clearing up." And I'd be like, "Yeah, thanks." Yeah. One of the other <laughs> women in there. Yeah. With so there was there was there was nine beds and there was probably at any one time maybe two with psychosis and there was um she would you know she'd pour her orange juice at dinner and put salt and pepper in it because she didn't taste her much um and just drink it um you know she'd pour cereal bowls and then put biscuits in the kind of cereal at like ordered points she'd she'd give me a list of people with phone numbers and be like that's that's who i want to invite to the party yeah i'm like all right, yep, yeah, no worries. And kind of give wow. her the list back and she'd, you know, she'd come back and it was actual. Um, but the thing with psychosis is you treat it with antipsychotics and antipsychotics work quicker, I understand, than depress, antidepressants. So, you know, the people that would come in psychotic would get better, you know, relatively quickly within like 48 yeah. hours and then you'd meet the actual person. <laughs> and you can recover because, I mean, when I was watching, I don't know if you've seen this, Louis, through. Yeah, I have, It was yeah. amazing. They, there was a Spanish lady that was admitted mm. in there with her husband and their new baby and... She, I mean, when she was admitted to the hospital, to the unit, you could barely understand what she was talking about. She was completely away and, you know, mm. not even there. And then a couple of weeks, you know, Days, four weeks yeah. in the 
better, much better. Not, mm. and she was, and she, they even interviewed her, and she was like, "Yeah, I don't know, I just, I didn't feel like myself." And it's, it's incredible. Mm. It's a, a chemical reaction in the brain. Mm. Yeah, I understand so. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. Crazy, yeah. And it can happen out of the blue because you don't yeah. suffer from depression during your pregnancy. No, you no. have just completely normal pregnancy. Yeah, I mean, I didn't love it i was sick you know sick and then the heartburn yeah no to oh yeah me about awful yeah, the amount of things i bought on amazon to try and solve oh, heartburn no. i've got a whole loft full of different shaped pillows people like drink um, milk drink milk and i drink milk oh. and then i get ibs you know it's like i can't <laughs> fucking win you know? and someone told me to drink shots of lemon juice i was like me hang on hang on the acidity isn't that, acid. yeah isn't that like the worst yeah. thing you can do. I don't know, yeah. but if someone had told me to walk around with a magic feather, I would have done. It was just... Uh, anyway, so the middle bit was kind of, you know, nice. I came to London with work a few times and people carried bags and <laughs> you know, through doors first. I got to wear the badge. Um, so, yeah, my pregnancy was normal. And but, it was... Yeah, it's amazing that it flicked on like a switch after you had, had mm. the baby. And how long... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. How long were, were you in hospital for? Um, so I was... Uh, it was 10 weeks. So, uh, like the average day, I understand is about eight. Okay. Um, so it kind of, but then I, I like, like I got over. I was admitted on a Thursday, and nothing happened over the weekend. You know, there was obviously stuff there, but there was no, there was no. Um, in my head, I was going to go into this place and get intensive kind of therapy, and then I was going to pop out the other end. Um, but what actually happens is you go in such a kind of shell of a person their most important thing is to get you to sleep because they can't treat anyone psychologically without them, you know, having had enough sleep. And it sounds ridiculous because I'm sure all new mums would be like, I'd like to go to a place like that. Um, and, um, yeah, so there was, you would have, someone was watching, had to check on us, Arthur and I, every 15 minutes when you, you know, you're on level, whatever, three. Wow. Um so yeah, you're in your um, in your room, which is a bit like a prison. That's what we used to call ourselves, inmates. A little bit like a prison door, you know. So it had the you could have your door closed, but someone could open the glass shutters to kind of see in. You know, when you're getting checked in, they do a body map of the baby. They, um, you know, you have to completely empty your bag, and they have to write down what's there. They take all, you know. There's no hooks. There's no taps. There's no. There's no. You know, the wardrobe has a slanty bottom and. I was like, this is the most ridiculous wardrobe. Like, and it's so you can't hang yourself. So there's nothing sticky outy. Um, and yeah, you know, the mattresses are plastic. Um, so you can, you know, be, you know, they're wiped clean. Yeah. You can, yeah, just, yeah, just a kind of odd, but. Were you aware environment. of how odd it was at that point? Just, were you. Well, yeah, I think when I went in, I was just, I couldn't. I, I was bemused by this wardrobe that had no door and you couldn't... It was so dysfunctional. I was like, who designed this? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Call the designers. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to Ikea immediately. Um, and, yeah, the bathroom, like, touch taps and because of Legionnaires, the shower would come on every so often and I was like, this room's possessed. Um, I keep completely going down rabbit holes no no I can't no, no, no. What the no, no, no it's really so, interesting no, we were obviously just saying how long were, were you yes, in there for and so over that first weekend you didn't you just needed to get sleep yeah and I, I just I didn't want to stay I was like this is pointless this is absolutely ridiculous I might as well be doing this at home which obviously was never going to happen mm. so there's there's people there all the time that can um, uh, help you look after the baby um, if you needed it obviously the psychotic chaps chapesses um, needed it um and um, yeah, I was always completely looking after Arthur. So I was always bathing him. I was always feeding him. Um, and they got two hours of crash time a day. So um, mine was usually in the afternoon. So that was when you could either do your, you know, your kind of meditation, your mindfulness. Um, you could go for a walk if you were allowed. Um, were you allowed? Uh, eventually, yep. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you'd be like, where are you going? What's your plan? Uh, you know, they'd check what you had on you. Um, and you'd go. Um, so, you had, yeah, you had that two hours a day to try and assimilate what it would be like at home, like maybe, you know, dad having them or your mum or whatever. So you kind of got a bit of um, you time. Fortunately, the bathroom was being done the whole time I was there, so I never got to have a bath. I can't imagine how relaxing it would have been, but... Um, I just want to have a bath. Yeah, I just want to have some bubbles. <laughs> and then when did you start your um, sessions with the psychologist? Yeah, so that... Um, so they didn't... 
start. So I think the first thing was getting the medication right. So they took me off the citalopram that I'd been taking at home because after nine weeks, oh yeah, the psychiatrist there was, um, I just, he was another person that I was like, right, I like you. <laughs> You're a man and you've never had a baby and you don't have, ch- you know, you don't have children. Mm. But he was really kind of on it. He was like, right, we're going to make a change. So they tried me on various different kind of drugs. And then um, I think, I suppose a lot of people you talk to with depression, they can't kind of pinpoint when they got well, but it's just a kind of gradual thing. And Ellie and Becca were coming up one day and, you know, they came up loads, bless them. And, you know, can we bring anything? And it was usually like, "Mm, don't even bother coming type chat from me. Um, But I wanted makeup. And... They, I think it was like, ah, hallelujah. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's still yeah. there. She's she in gets the shit. There. She's yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, where, where is it? And, you know, what, which bits do you want? And I, I generally couldn't think. I hadn't, you know, I'd stopped caring about what I looked like from about 35 weeks. And now we, you know, um, anyway, so bless them. They brought a little jiffy back of a few like sample bits. They were like, <laughs> yeah, they were like, we can't find your makeup bag. I was like, anyway, so, um, yeah, kind of when I'd got to that point, I um, started seeing a psychotherapist. Um, only once a week just um, and there was a few people that didn't even get to see one which is a shame you know they were understaffed and Mm. it's just so I was kind of lucky to um, have her so we had compassion focused therapy and cognitive behaviour CBT CBT yeah Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they did this um, vig it was called video interactive guidance so they kind of film you with your baby and then show you photographs and little snippets of Oh, look, you do like each other. Yeah. <laughs> look at the way he's looking at you. Look at the way his eyes track you. You know, you're talking his language, that kind of thing. Mm. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe I'm not as rubbish as I make out. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, for the last kind of um, two weeks was... Because I, then I wanted to live there. I was like, this is fine. I can live here, right? Like, I know everyone. I know the rhythm. Like, I could be... Safe, some, safe zones. Yes, yeah, totally safe. Like, yep. it, was, it was like being in a dorm, you know? The other nine ladies there, like, you know, we all knew each other a bit. Because I, I, they famously knew me. You, was, you were allowed your drugs at not 10 o'clock. That's when the door, you know, double locking of everything would happen. But I was like, well, well that's not going to work. Because I take mine at like half past seven and then I go to bed. And so eventually, you know, with three people signing off on it, they could give me my drugs early. So I'd just then go to sleep and just dribble and, you know, that would be it. I wouldn't know anything until Arthur cried, you know, early hours of the morning. And the next day at breakfast was always like a debrief of what the hell had gone on the night before so you know either someone had locked themselves in the bathroom or cut all their hair off or there was one morning when I got up and there was just sanitary towels everywhere <laughs> I was like guys what 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 the hell happened last night and they were like oh my god sweep it sleeping beauty here she's missed you missed a good one <laughs> like you know it was just like EastEnders a little bit um anyway and someone had been throwing them I can't remember why um so yes, I my first trip home. So I had the occupational therapist and Reese and me in a room, and mm-hmm. you know I didn't have great memories of that house. I'd never been in it not pregnant. I'd never been in it feeling nice. Um, so my first trip home was with an occupational therapist, and it was for about two hours. And yeah. all we had to achieve was be in the kitchen um, and go up into Arthur's room and go up into our room. Yeah, because they're the rooms that I just they were the worst. Uh, so we did that and we took the dog for a little walk and the taxi came to get us both and I was like, oh, thank God for that. <sighs> Can go back to the... So you was... didn't want to go yeah. home? No. No? No. I was petrified of them saying, you're ready to go home. Um, because, you know, the, the other girls around me, they were getting home leave and I was like, ooh, how long am I like allowed in here? I felt like I was on a ticking, you know, and they'd obviously reassure me, we're not going to send you home until we think you're ready to go home. And was Reese allowed to come visit you? Yes. Yes. Um, but that was stuff that would add to my worry list again. So right. I wouldn't. I hated the fact that he had to drive an hour and a half, that he had to spend money on hotels because he couldn't stay with me. Um, and it was sh- like, it was shit. Like, it was mm. a hospital ward, which, you know, they tried to make as homely as possible, but it's, you know. And uh, when he'd come, he'd just, he'd always be shattered. Like, mm. you know, he just would. So I'd maybe, they'd make you go for meals you had to eat. So I'd go for my dinner, come back, and he'd be fast asleep on my wooden floor because he was playing with Arthur on the baby mat and he was just so knackered so then I'd be kind of annoyed with him that he'd fallen asleep and um so yeah and I had my birthday in there right um so he came up for that and um, could you feel yourself getting better 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know, but I'd... I don't know if I could feel it, but I... Then I was forcing myself to feed Arthur. I'd never fed him outside of the comfort of my house or the hospital. I'd probably fed him a couple of times out in Shelton with my mother-in-law because it was a, you know, tough love, make you do it. But I'd never... I'd kind of... <laughs> the QE in, in Birmingham, there's a Costa or a Starbucks me out the front. So that was like my... That was like Reese and I's date nights. You know, we'd take Arthur up there, have a hot chocolate, watch the ridiculousness that went on. You know, people walking out with IV drips, hanging out at them and um, all the kind of drug deals that were going on outside. That that was our, like, date night. And um, God. Drug deals? That's oh, another yeah. chocolate, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, <I swear. laughs> um, oh, yeah, the smell of weed up there. Well, <laughs> but, um, oh, weed, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, no. no. But then, and then one day I remember the lady in the queue for Costa uh, the, her boyfriend had been in a fight out the front over drugs so then he was in the hospital being operated on because they'd done something oh, I was wow. like this place God, gets better. you saw some stuff <laughs> yeah uh, sorry yeah so you gradually yep. you know there was elements of normality you know yep. like going for a coffee or hot yep. chocolate uh, yeah. those sorts of things and then eventually it's time to go home mm-hmm. And did you feel ready to go home at that point? So I, th- so it was an hour, and then it was kind of half a day, and then I went home for a Sunday lunch, which was kind of nice, and then it was time to go for an overnight. And I obviously hadn't had the kind of mechanics of how we do stuff at home. I can mm. kind of really remember. But the overnight went well, and then I went back, and then they the like the last bit is they kind of send you home for a week, um, and they keep you bed for that week, but it's like the final test. And I remember going, having the appointment to basically be discharged going back you know looking a thousand times different well I'd put on I think I'd put on about a stone and a half so I went Mm. in the thinnest I've ever been because I just wasn't eating and yeah I went in chubby Laura like you know I suppose everyone says you look healthy don't they (laughs) you look well you look well Um, but I'd you know my hair was washed blah 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 and yeah I remember the psychiatrist discharging me and Reese was like oh go on give him a hug if you want (laughs) Mm. <laughs> they don't ever see me in absolute tears through desperation That's never incredible. through being so happy and then yeah we came back to Cheltenham um, Reese's dad was then over from Melbourne so he had Arthur and we went out for dinner and I remember the next day meeting my like NCT well baby journey lot I don't know if they had baby journey no like the you know your peers we talked about that do you remember when we were in Cheltenham yeah. We're like, there's a baby journey thing to do, but we never did it. No, we didn't. No, we just did each. Not, yeah. We just had each. We other. just did it. <laughs> you know, you know. Did it? Did the in the coffees and yeah. the walks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. that's all you yeah. need. That's all you I went for that coffee the next yeah, day nice. with like four of them, and I was like, guys, I'm this back. is what you've been doing. <laughs> I'm back to join you for and coffee. Now, yeah. so, and now, as you talk to us, you're on a work trip overnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. how has everything been? Yeah, it's kind of fine. Like, I'm kind of, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I just kind of don't, I don't, no, I don't care. But like, I'm taking over this new role from this guy who's way more qualified to do it. And, you know, the old me would have been like, oh my God, I can't do that. I can't do this. He's leaving. And I'm just like, mm, it'll be all right. <laughs> it'll be all right. What's the worst that can happen? And how No is, one's going to die. How was your relationship with your son? Like, I may, like, he, I, I kind of get it now. I didn't have it right at the beginning, but I'm just like, He's the best thing ever. Like, picking up from nursery is the best bit of the day. Like, when I go, mm. it's hard. Like, if I go in and he doesn't even come running up to me, that's it, day unmade. Mm. <laughs> but when he, they give you a hug, when you see them, you're just like, oh, my God. And, you know, just his smell, everything about him. Like, yeah, he, I'm sure yours did. They just, he hits me in the face a lot, but I don't, I don't care. No, like, no, yeah. We've got sons exactly the same age. Yeah. I'm like, I'll take those hits. <laughs> Except yeah. for the really painful ones. Um, yeah. Are you still on medication? Yeah. So yeah. I'm on. I was on two lots, and I came off the kind of nighttime one uh, in July-ish, June, July. Um, and you're supposed to be on the dose. The dose that made you well. I was supposed to be on it for eighteen months because it had been so bad. So I figure that's like May. Okay. Uh, May. Yeah. So then we'll try and come off the next one, which I understand's pretty rubbish. I think it's like going on, you get more anxious, you know, but... Yeah. We'll see. see see what happens. I, can see. I guess for anybody listening who um, is maybe experiencing 
thoughts of you know feeling very low and is it postnatal depression or is it baby blues what are the signs that they should be looking out for and what should they do if they are very concerned about themselves or if a friend's worried about them and is listening yeah so i suppose the most important thing is to get them to the gp and um i suppose it's just hard to tell someone isn't it especially in kind of like my our bracket of people that have always kind of done quite well it's just you're just so ashamed to admit you can't do it you're just so ashamed so getting if they've if they've shared it with you that's like the absolute kind of nugget um and then they just they have to go to the doctor and the kind of nhs will take it (laughs) you know obviously services are different in different locations but yeah they'll either be if it's that bad they will be you know referred to the right teams to look after them or if it's not if it's you know kind of mild and not got that bad yet there is you know there's let's talk the psychiatrist they can get help from over the phone with cbt and stuff so yeah just go to your gp okay thank you that. Pleasure. Yeah. Laura, that was it was incredible. What a story. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've been on the journey throughout oh. and it's so lovely to see you like smiling and yeah. just <laughs> being such an amazing Yeah, moment, being incredible. <laughs> an amazing mum and person and thank you because it's not easy to sit here and tell a story like that and to actually openly admit that you had all of that going on in your head. I mean yeah, hats off to you. I think you're, well, we think you're wonderful. Thank we you. Do. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I mean, just listening to that conversation back again, you know, in the studio at the time, I remember thinking, like, I remember asking her that question when she was talking about the suicidal thoughts, G. Do you remember? Yeah. And I yeah, said, I mean, I think about that a lot, actually. I what, think what, about that a lot. You, what were you thinking? And she said that either you know it was going to be me or I was going to kill my baby and I remember her saying that and I I just at this lump in our throats you could see us it was it was really like goosebump it was very shocking to hear somebody say that but that journey that she went on and that you know to actually hear about the mother and baby unit I had no idea yeah I mean it's actually really scary how um you know what a bad place you can get into after you've had a baby and um and how how you know awful it is if you don't get any help like she Laura got help thankfully you know like she had friends who you know were seeing that she wasn't acting herself and family supporting her and luckily she got the right help so I think you know if anyone's going to take anything away from their chat this chat is that if you think one of your friends is going through something or their behaviors changed you absolutely need to speak up like you have to um and it can be really difficult um to reach out to somebody if or maybe if you're going through it yourself but it is you know it does happen people do go through it and people do come out the other side of it yeah, well said, G, actually. Um, I, I completely agree with what you've just said. And I think it's it's absolutely key that if you notice any behavioural changes in somebody that's just had a baby or, you know, those prolonged periods of the lows and they're not coming out of it and your erratic behaviour and you're really concerned about them to really try and help them. Because I think when you're in it, you can't see it. You know, enough is spoken about about maternal mental health. You know, we we often say it, Georgia, that after you have the baby, you know, you you get the baby blues, and you're supposed to just get on with it, and you get you sent home with the baby, and you're like, I don't know how to look after it. I feel like I've been in a car crash. You know, and then and then what? You know, then the silence comes, and the sleepless nights comes, and the craziness comes back into your head because you you can't get the clarity because your whole world's been tipped upside down. In some cases, like Laura, it gets really really bad. Yeah, I mean, it's actually not surprising that you can get yourself into that way because you throw sleepless nights in. Sleep deprivation anyway, whether you've just had a baby or not, can make you feel absolutely awful. Then throw what going through through labour, going through birth into the mix, especially if you have a traumatic birth. Then throw in doing a job that you don't know how to do. Yeah. I mean... It, <laughs> It could be catastrophic um, and that's why, you know, it's really important for us to have these conversations so that people are aware that that can happen and that there is, um, you know, support out there and help out there if if it does happen. So, yes. Yes, exactly. Um, Well, listen, we are 
We want to say massive thank you to Laura for coming on. Yes. So, so, so brave and being so articulate. And she's um, she's got a, a really interesting journey ahead of her now, actually. Laura has kind of turned her, her negative story into a really positive one. Um, and very excitingly, is currently writing a book, which she's hoping is going to be on the shelves next February. Um, so, yeah, hats off to Laura. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing that with us. And uh, we're going to be back on Friday with another podcast. This one is really brilliant we're talking all about women's physio so all about the pelvic floor everything that happens during labor episiotomies um speed poos speed <laughs> poos the thing. highlight <laughs> of the podcast is a speed yeah and if you have enjoyed this episode please 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 do rate review and subscribe and also tell you know tell your mum mates about the podcast and any pregnant friends um yeah just get them listening get them involved exactly and um, as Georgia said if you do want to drop us a message um, at Made by Mummers on Instagram or you can send me a direct message at Zoe Hardman on mine and we're going to be back on Friday have another fantastic week in lockdown drink your way through it (laughs) see you then thanks for listening to the podcast we know times are very difficult right now and if you want any more information about coronavirus Go to nhs.uk slash coronavirus. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.